the last ones at the bar. Exclusively, talks about the sport of boxing. The WBC president shuts down Better Beef versus Arthur Better Beef. And he, uh, Better Beef, I mean, I'm sorry, Bivol, I'm just, let me repeat that. The WBC president shuts down Better Beef versus Bivol. Arthur must fight Callum Smith. And that's where we will begin today on Chop It Up Thursday. Today I'm joined by my man, man, Daniel Lee. Hey, how you doing, my brother? I'm feeling as good as can be right now. You know, sleep deprived. Uh, you know, worked a long day, worked a long week, and and then after the hours, you know, I got the nine to five, and I got the five to whatever. You know what I mean? So, just been grinding this week, bro. But I can't complain. It's almost Friday, you know. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, How you I'm, feeling? Same. You know, I'm burning the midnight oil. You know, just like you are. But I, I figured that since we had a little time that we've carved out, or at least we have a little bit of time that we can discuss some boxing topics before the weekend starts. You know what I mean? And so we can go ahead and get to it today. You know, as you know, Danny, I like to do what is known as a chop it up Thursday, where we discuss the top seven topics of the week. And so let me go ahead and just give you a brief overview of some of the topics that we will discuss. All right, just as I stated before, WBC president um, Suleimani shut down uh, the idea of Bivol and Better Be fighting. And he's saying that the next fight for Arthur Better Be, it must be Callum Smith. So that's the first topic that we'll, we'll chop it up about. Um, the next one is Oscar De La Hoya. De La Hoya has been busy, you know, the past couple days, the past couple weeks. He's saying that he's going to make the uh, Golovkin versus Jaime Munguia fight. Definitely by the end of 2013. Also, Oscar De La like I say, he's been real busy. You know, he's uh, been meeting with Edgar Berlinga amongst other people, and uh, you know, he said that he could sign a Golden Boy, and he threw out a three-fight deal for him that will consist of some fights that we'll discuss. Also, when we do these Chop It Up Thursdays, I like to throw a question of the week out there, and I was just thinking myself, I'm like, man. You know, where my boy Errol Spence been? You know what I'm saying? Like, he's been out of the, you know, limelight, and he hasn't really been making any noise in terms of his plans that he has moving forward. So we'll discuss that. Um, the fourth topic of this week is Terrence Buck Crawford, his latest tweet. That's a direct quote from a tweet that he tweeted out yesterday, and he was saying, we'll, we'll get into it. Um, my man, Mel Kell Brook. Kell Brook, he out here on his OT Genesis. You know, he apologizes for his behavior that um, occurred last week on social media. Somebody posted a video of uh, an alarming video of him, um, and we'll discuss that. Also, out there in the UK, Connor Ben, he's he returns to the WBC rankings, and so we'll discuss that. And then we'll finish up talking about the big fight card this weekend. That headlines Katie Taylor. Also on that card is Alicia Baumgartner. And so that's those are the topics that we're going to discuss this week on Chop It Up Thursday. Now. Hey, before we get into it, I just want to shout out my guy, Chris G. He he just responded in the comments. So what's good with you, brother? 
Yes, sir. Danny, do me a favor, because on my end, I can't really see that. If you can go ahead and just, you know, monitor that piece of it, you know, yeah. and, and after each different topic, you know, if, if there's any comments in the comments section, we can address those. Appreciate that, good brother. Yes, sir. I'm a, I'll be the hall monitor. Uh, we got a few more comments. Chris G talk about Baumgartner. Uh, yeah, we're going to get into that. I, I do agree. I think it's going to be I ain't gonna say too much right now, but I think it'll be a good a good night for her. Chicken talk, what's good, my guy? Chicken talk, it's shout out to Chicken Talk. That's one of our latest subs on our on our YouTube page. Hey, I think um, I seen I think I seen them on Twitter too. They be making some noise. Respect, respect. Okay, okay. So we got a few in the building. You know, keep that keep that chat rocking. You know what I'm saying? Now, Danny, um, with with the topics. You know the first topic here i just want to get your thought as far as the wbc you know then the president shutting down the fight that we all want to see the better be than be fight and saying that arthur better be must fight callum smith what's your thoughts on that so i'm gonna preface my statement because it's probably gonna come out because you know when we on the network you know what i mean that's that's like that's like syndicated television you feel me we on our our live that's like that's like showtime that's stars that's, that's premium you know what i mean so with that said with that said the the trend that we'll see with like these promoters these sanctioning body presidents all this stuff them dudes be full of shit, bro unless it serves their interests you know what i mean and so with this you have the champ um better bf you have a mandatory callum smith and he kind of, when I read into it, you know what I mean. Uh, he he's basically treating Better BF like a Canadian, but he's treating Bivol like a Russian who was Bivol was born in Kyrgyzstan and he lives in California. And so you know he's this whole thing saying like the sanction body was very clear about his position and stuff like that. Like he picking and choosing when to apply the rules, and the rules don't even like. Like, I, I guarantee you, if they were to throw the right amount of money at it for sanctioning fees, he'd be like, oh, well, Bivol, you know, he resides in California now, so we'll be able to. And it's like, bro, that, that was the case the whole time. You know what I mean? So I think he just, like, basically enforcing his power to do what he wants to do and get his mandatory up against better be a. That's what I think it is. I think it's some BS. Yeah, man, I didn't read much into it. I just don't, you know, let's say, for instance, this was coming from a promoter that was saying that a fighter had to face another fighter or he was just staring. He was just telling you that, now nah, we already have in negotiations to fight, you know, X, Y and Z. They in a in a business of making money as a promotional company. You would think that the organizations are put in place for the best interests of boxing you know what i'm saying and i always thought that unification supersedes mandatories and so i I just don't get it and this is something that fight fans want to see fight fans been wanting to see this and the last thing is this is i thought that arthur better be not could be wrong i thought yard was was somebody that was mandated for him to face I could be wrong on that one. You was right. That's a different sanctioning body, though. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. K- Callum okay. was WBC uh, yard. Might have been like uh, I don't remember which one. Might have been IBF, but it wasn't. It wasn't WBC. Yeah, man. Like I said, the biggest thing for me is just you would think that the organizations would kind of work hand in hand, you know, for what's in the best interest of the sport. Because regardless, you know, why why are they so gung-ho on Callum Smith getting his chance as opposed to not? I can see if Arthur Better B was trying to fight somebody else, you know what I mean? Like pick somebody like a, a like a showcase type fight. Like, no, you have to fight your mandatory. But if he's going to go and fight Bivol, then it just doesn't make sense to him. Here goes something else, too, I just thought of. What's up? He be doing a lot. He be doing Canelo a lot of silence, don't he? Uh, Suleiman. Yeah. And Canelo want to fight Bivol in September. Um, Chris Chris said that in the comments, too. We'll get into the comments in a second. But you know what I mean? Like, it could be some stuff that played that we're not privy to. But if it was, it, I wouldn't be surprised if Bivol fights him, Canelo in September. And then like Suleiman changes his tune in like October or something. You feel me? Like I don't, I don't think he's doing this because it's right for boxing. I think he's doing this because it's right for the people that either for himself or for the people that he rocked with. Right. I mean, it's I think it's obvious. You know what I'm saying? Like it just don't make any sense, man. Yeah. But yeah, what's what's going on in the comment section? Uh, so Chris said if B-ball is going to fight, better be able won't be having won't happen until 2024. You know? Yeah, we talked about that. Uh, our, our guy Ty, he he checked in. He said, "Salute to the team that better be Evan Yard fight was a war, early fight of the year contender." You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Um, Chicken talk. He said, uh, "Bivol was born in the country that Russia annexed, like they're trying to do to Ukraine, and he's more Asian than Russian." Ag- agree, agree. And I, I think that you know Suleiman is using that to his advantage in his statement. I mean, in his you know what he said. I don't think it's technically true. Um, Chris also said Canelo probably going to lose all his titles at 168. So Bivol would likely vacate all the belts with that win if he's at 168, which I won't get into too much. But I think that would be great for the super middleweight division, to be honest with you, because that way everybody will be able to fight everybody for a belt. And so you'll be able to see the fights that you want to see at 168. And then Canelo can do whatever he want to do. If you want to fight Macabu again or something like that, he can do whatever because he ain't got got no belts. Yeah, you know what would be crazy though before we go to the next topic is what if Bivol does what I want to say Eddie Hearn mentioned. I wouldn't advise this because I, what I think with Eddie Hearn and Matchroom, I think that they do too much of that weight jumping where guys j- drop down or they try to just go dare to be great. I think they do that way too much as opposed to handling their business in the weight class that the fighters are in. But he was talking about Bivol could be the first person to go down to 168, get that undisputed from Canelo, and then come back and get at um, better B, and then have to be undisputed in both weight classes. Wouldn't that be crazy? That would be crazy. And it would be a win for, for her, too. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I can see him wanting to do that, you know, because he has – Right now, he got to deal with, with Canelo. And so you'll be giving Canelo what he wants. I don't know why Canelo want to fight B-Ball again. So you get his, his, his head boxed off. But he'll get Canelo what he wants. And then he'll have B-Ball, his other guy, against an older, better BF to increase his chances. And so, like, you go down, boom, hit that. You go back up, boom, hit that. And so, like, it's a win for all his people. Except for Canelo. But, you know. 
Let me ask you this though: Do you think that do you think Canelo can get at Bivol at one sixty eight? If Bivol look, if B is seventy five percent of who he is at one seventy five, no. Gotcha. Because first of all, we don't know what kind of Canelo we're gonna get. Canelo looked very pedestrian against Triple G. He got hurt. We're gonna see how we look against Ryder, presumably Ryder. I don't know, man. Uh, I, I I like Canelo. I still think he's top tier 168. I don't think any version of Canelo beats Bivo. Yeah. And I, I don't think, like, if he's healthy, I don't think so. I'm just concerned for him. So if he's, if it's 168, he's going to come in at about 167 something. And so just dropping down to that weight that he hadn't been in so long, that might be enough for Canelo to be able to, you know, work a little magic against him. But that's the only way. But, again, I don't like that type of stuff. If he fought him at 175, that's where he beat him, and he was challenging him at 175, then why drop him down? He didn't ask for the fight. You asked for the fight. So, And I don't necessarily even have to have a rematch. So why, why in the heck am I going to starve myself to go ahead and fight you down there? No, nah, come up here. Now, if it's a reasonable catch weight, like 172, 171 or something like that, not I can understand, but I think Bivol had holds too many cards when it comes to Canelo since he was victorious in their first match. Now, I, yeah. last yeah. thing I'll say is Bivol said he's bought legacy, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And so beating Canelo again at 175 is not a legacy fight. Beating right. Canelo at 168 to become undisputed is a legacy fight and a high paying one, too. You feel me? Yeah. I, I can see that, you know, money yeah. talks, you know, at the end. Yeah, of yeah. Chris, Chris said it, it makes sense. Well, better be versus Smith makes sense because B-Wall going to be booked uh, for 2023 anyway. So he might as well stay busy, but he don't like the politics that play with WBC. Yeah, I they, – they had – WBC, they had a, a cool little convention where they was make, naming all the mandatories, but other they, they had one good weekend out of the year, uh, the way I see it. Cause they be on some, they be on some bullshit, but yeah, we we can we can rock with the next one. Gotcha. All right, so the next one um, topic of discussion is De La Hoya. You know, he says that his top goal for 2023 is to make the Golovkin versus McGee fight. That is interesting. You know, like I said, I think you know my man, man Oscar. He's been very, very busy these past few weeks my thoughts you know and i'll turn it over to you danny you know um is this is that for one mangia and i don't again i don't i don't like to always say what i don't like but it's just a lot of these things i don't like certain parts of these topics and what i don't like about this is jaime mangia as long, you know, I know he's young, but he has a rather um, padded career, over 40-something victories. And the fact that he's waiting to face Golovkin when Golovkin at this point is damn near 50, you know what I'm saying? Like that that, that, that bothers me. I, I would want somebody who's as young as Munguia and who's been a world champion Um you know, you would think that he would be out there looking for more stiffer opposition and believing in himself where he can fight guys like the Charlos or 
the Andrides, you know, who were seeking him out. You know, by now you would think that he would have fought one of those guys, especially with the amount of victories that he has on his resume. You know, and and early on after his victory over Saddam Ali, a lot of people was thinking that this is one of those dudes. But it's telling me that either you don't have the confidence in yourself or your the people around you don't have the confidence in you to put you in with stiffer opposition because it's starting to become, you know, it's worse than Zerto. You know what I'm saying? As far as like who he's fighting, because he's not really fighting anybody at all. And it's like it's it's progressively getting worse as far as the fighters that they're putting him in with. So, you know, I guess when it comes to boxing now that this is the best that we can get, you know, guys that looking for specific opponents that they can face as opposed to taking on the top challenges that are available and believing in themselves that they can actually, you know, run the game and, and not even concern themselves if I can't, if I'm not victorious, you know what I mean? Because I can bounce back, you know, and I can learn from those mistakes moving forward. But it's just like with the level of opposition that he's facing, for one, I think that I don't even think that he's um, – prepare even at this stage for Golovkin. I still think Golovkin has enough left in the tank because he gets hit way too much. His, his defense is lacking. But um, I, I would just hope for somebody like Magia, who's supposed to be one of Oscar De La Hoya's prize pupils, to like really seek out better opposition. And then if he was doing that and then he wanted a Golovkin match because he just wanted to maximize his, his revenue capacity and capabilities, I can understand if he was doing that, but it just seemed like he's fighting tomato can after tomato can in order to get the triple G fight. And that's something that I just can't honor. You know what I'm saying? Before I say my piece, I'm a, uh, we got three comments. So I'm going to read those off first. Uh, Chicken Talk said the problem with Mungia is his uh, co-promoter, Zanfer, if I pronounced that correctly, hopefully I did. They're the ones stopping these fights because they make easy money showcasing him in Mexico, which is true. Um, and then Chris said, I'm not sure if Munguia beats the old Golovkin, which is what you said. And, and Ty said, maybe Munguia will fight Berlanga since De La Hoya is bringing him on. Uh, which, to your point, I, I think I saw uh, them wanting to do that. And uh, Berlanga said they left top rank because they wasn't getting him to big fights. But he's still kind of green, which we'll get into. Agree, but we'll get into that. Yeah, um, there's a few things that play. You know, one, you got... Out of the champions, you have the unified Triple G, which I'll get into in a second. But you got then you got Charlo, who I don't know if Charlo's still fighting or what. You feel me? Like he he, tried, he fought who Selecki in 2021, hasn't defended his belt since, and he's PBC. And then you got Janabek, and I'm not sure if he signed a top rank, but I know his last fight was on ESPN. And so I don't know how doable either those those fights are not doable. So by proxy of the you know the networks you got triple g who's left but the thing is mcgee is not ranked top 10 in ibf uh he's not ranked top 10 in wba and then uh Arislandi lara is triple g's mandatory at the wba and so you know i don't know what strains they would have to pull to even pull that match off but it ain't looking too good for for my guy Mangia because even if he even if he fights him like like y'all was saying even if he fights him I don't think he has what it takes to beat Triple G. Triple G is still a top tier, uh, top tier middleweight. 
Chicken Talk said Charlo's retired at this point. WBC needs to make him champion to recess. Agree. He's holding that belt hostage. Um, Adamus is the WBC interim champ. McGee should fight. Yes. McGee, McGee should fight him. I, I think so. Mm. I think so. Because they can't they can't keep putting him against like cornflake Lamana type dudes. You feel me? Like they can't keep doing it. Like it's like he it, it'll fly in Mexico for however long, but like you have this guy, like you said, he beat what was when did he beat uh Saddam Ali? It was like 2014 or something like that. It's been a minute. Yeah. It's been a hot minute. Mm-hmm. And so uh they got they gotta I, I would you know, if, if De La Hoya on the stream, I would say have, have you a nice little plan B. That's all I'm gonna say. Well, let's let's check off into this this next topic here because it's also dealing with what was mentioned in the chat. And as I told you, Oscar man, he's been real busy. You know, first he was talking to my boy Bud, you know, out there trying to get him a C plus fighter, you know what I'm saying, inside the ring. You know, then he, you know, with the other talks that he had with uh Hami Magia, and now he's trying to sign um this man here, Edgar Berlinga, who was the knockout artist who kind of turned into like a boxer puncher. Uh, what do you think about this proposal where they said that they will put together a three-fight deal for Edgar Berlinga, or this is the offer where he will fight Ryder or Sullivan, and then he'll go into a Munguia fight and then possibly Canelo. You like that for Edgar Berlinga? If he if that's what ends up playing out at this point, like this what I this how I start out saying. What Aram said about Berlanga and what Berlanga said about top rank, which to be specific, Berlanga was saying they was moving him along too slow. Aram said he basically like he wanted to be moved up quicker, and so they couldn't do they didn't want to do for him what he wanted. What that tells me is first of all, Berlanga is delusional. Uh, because if you can't knock out Steve Rose, then you should not be naming these names you're naming. Like these, the, these names on the screen right now, you should not be looking at those names. You should be, you know what I mean? You should be not aiming that high at this point. And so I think that what's going to suit Berlanga is he, he wants yes men in his corner. You feel me? He wants somebody that's going to agree with him. He don't want somebody that's going to challenge him or, you know what I mean, or, or be a contrarian to him because what he wants is what he wants. Now, that his, his challenge is going to be finding a yes man that can actually deliver him the fights that he wants because he's still going to have to be built up. Top Rank was trying to build him up properly, and he was selling out. He did sell out, you know, I don't think it was the Garden, but like Hulu Theater, he did sell it out. Um, but he didn't deliver on those fights to the point where his own people was booing him. And so whoever signs him... I think the first fighter two, first of all, the first fighter two is not going to be any of those names. Um, but it's going to be a wake-up call for him because I don't think he makes it through the next step up, the, the version of him that I saw last fight. I'm going to say that. No, I agree. Uh, here's the thing. See, first and foremost, I think Oscar, you know what I mean? If I, I, I'm just speculating here. This is alleged. You know, I think that Oscar – also has been meeting with Kale Brooks, you understand know, what I'm saying, and, and taking a few, you know, them bumps or whatever Kale Brooks was on that past <laughs> weekend. You know what I mean? And re- <laughs> the reason why I'm saying that is think about this, though. So he's making these, these proposals. The proposal to me is that third fight. 
So if he's telling the person he's 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 actually trying to recruit, okay, I'm getting you this fight. The first fight always seems like it's winnable. The second fight is tricky, and it's tricky to, that's going to lead to the third fight. So if he's saying that he's going to get him Ryder or Sullivan, Magia, and Canelo, who is he saying going to win between Magia and Berlinga? Like so, so what is Magia going to be doing after this? You follow what I'm saying? He did the same thing with Crawford. He's saying that, okay, I'm going to get you the Rocha fight. Then I'm going to get you Virgil. Then I'm going to get you Spence. What is that saying of Virgil? Is he saying that he's going to get past Virgil and he's going to go to Spence? Because if he don't get past Virgil, then what sense is the Spence fight in the first place? I just don't get these offers. I don't get the third fight offers in, in this situation in particular. I don't get um, – he's not going to win those fights. Like he, I don't even know if he could be Ryder. Like Ryder would be a very daunting task. Now Sullivan, I'm not so certain about him. If if it's that dude who has the Raleigh fingers mustache, like the little curly stuff, he'd get past him. It might be tough, but ain't no way in the world right now that I would bet money on him beating Ryder. Although Ryder is about to get smoked by uh, Canelo, he might be in bad shape afterwards. But the McGee fight, I like McGee over him. I think McGee is just a little too rough and tough. And then he's going to have to pick up the pieces. But by no way, stretch of the imagination. Now, if he said, I'm going to get you these five. Well, again, the first one on this one is kind of tough. That rider, if he tried to go that direction. But Magia and then, um, nah, it, it would just have to be those two. Like I said, for me, I just don't like Edgar Berlinga. He just doesn't do it for me. You know what I'm saying? Based on what I saw, he still looks so much like a prospect. And they did him a disservice when they were sitting up there, like feed him all of those tomato cans and stuff like that, trying to get that huge knockout ratio and get all of the fans behind him. That did him a disservice because it's kind of stagnated his growth as a fighter. He just thought too much of himself and he wasn't working on the right things. And now he's starting to get exposed a little bit. So I think that that's the biggest issue for him. He needs to go ahead and get probably a better corner, you know, work on some real boxing skills as opposed to. And I think he knows that now. So it's just going to be a matter of where he goes moving forward. We got anything in the chat when it comes to old Edgar Berlinga? Nothing in the chat right now, but that's the thing, bro. He had about three, four people in his corner. He had K. Caroma. He had uh, – who Who else was it? It wasn't Rosier, was it? He had He's had names in his corner. I think at this point, like the fact that he's this delusional, I think it's on him. And I think the best thing for his career right now is for him to – I don't think it's for him to get beat up, but I think for him to get outboxed and to get like a, a sound decision loss. Cause I think at this point, a L is the only thing that's gonna like make him snap out of whatever it is he on right now. You know who remind me of? Kind of um Tiafimo Lopez-ish. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? They got this delusion about themselves, even though Tiafimo has done more. Like Edgar, they fed him, they 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 baby him so much early on that it's like it's hard it's hard doing that with somebody when you make them feel like that they this huge power punch the invincible they on top of the world all of these fans coming to see you knock these dudes out and you delivering yeah. and then after a while you know you have your tough little fight or whatever you overcome that but then you have a fight where you you could have lost like that rose fight that was very close and you come out of there so delusional, and it's understandable for him to be that delusional because, again, 
they never really, like you said, told them the truth. There's just too many yes men around him. And at the end of the day, you know, he, he's going to get exploited. You know what I'm saying? I don't like his chance. Like, just even based on what I saw, I don't like his feet. I, don't, yeah. I think he's, he's got, like, slow feet. I think that he's he doesn't have any special effects. I, I don't think he's as powerful as he thinks he is. I think he's one of those guys kind of like Jeff Lacey. Like, back in the day, Jeff Lacey, just with his physique, and the level of fighters that he was facing, they were already scared. Jeff Lacey used to have dudes at the weigh-in. They had messed around, and they had to find another fighter. Like, I'm not fighting that dude. But then you get in there with somebody with some know-how, like, man, the muscles and stuff like that that you have, that ain't about nothing. You know what I mean? Can you go ahead and lift weights like my guy Ty said with that chin? You know what I mean? And then I also know some of these nuances and tricks that you don't know, you know, and then you end up getting exploited. And I think that that's where my main man, Jaime, I mean, not Jaime, but um, – Edgar Belinga is at this particular point. How long do you think that fan base is going to stick behind him? They like, are how- leaving. He got yeah. he was getting booed towards the end of that fight, that last fight. So he he don't have long. A two quick comments. Uh, Ty said Berlinga and Red Cash are the biters. He just came off a suspension for biting his opponent, mm-hmm. um, and he joked about it afterwards too. Like, are you serious? And then Chicken Talk said, I think he signed up with Hearn because Hearn is dangling that Canelo fight in his face. Hmm. I can see it because I, I don't see Canelo wanting to do business with, you know, after what happened with him and Golden Boy, you know. You know um, what, though? You know what? To be honest with you, they might just have to – see, you you might have to just think about the most constructive result that you have or whatever product that you have. You're like, man, you know, I'm sitting on this dud right here, but if yeah, I can yeah. get this off, if I can get this off, somebody is willing to go ahead and and and, and take this right here? So you might want to feed him to one of the, you know, I would say I would I would even give him some more tomato cans and then build them up where that fan base is coming back, then boom, you know what I'm saying? Fight one of them guys that's gonna really put some put some money in your pocket as a promotional company. But mm-hmm. I don't want to spend too much time on Edgar, man. You know what I'm saying? Right at this particular point, you know what I'm saying? Let's go ahead and move on to the next topic. The next topic is the question of the week. I'm going to roll this off. I just like to have a little dialogue with these questions, man. And I was just thinking the other day, you know what I mean? We go, well, I know I go hard on Terrence Crawford. You know what I'm saying? I look and I see him smiling from ear to ear, trying to line up another one of them C-plus fighters, and it it irks me. It gets me riled up. You know what I'm saying? Even worse than that, what riles me up is people who defend that type of behavior. Oh, it's okay. What is he supposed to do? He's supposed to try to fight Spence. That's who the other other guy is that they've been talking about for the last five, six years. That's what he's supposed to be trying to fight. Not sit up here and bounce from promotional company to promotional company and try to find at least the amount of resistance to keep your belt and then sit up here claiming that, oh, I'm the number one pound for pound fighter. Like, I'm not scared of anybody. No, you are scared of somebody because you know why you're scared of somebody? Because it's always hard to make a fight between you and a tough opponent. But every time it comes to one of these little weak, C plus C minus type fighters, y'all, they not scared of you though. Like it don't make any sense, but so stop it. So I'm not trying to create this false equivalency when I talk about my main man, Errol Spence. I'm just thinking this, Danny, is that dang man. I don't want to, I don't want to be um what's my guy name? Uh Shannon Sharp. You know how Shannon Sharp be going hard for Brian, but Brian don't really be going hard for him like that, you know what I'm saying? He out there fighting uh, the Memphis Grizzlies, you know what I'm saying, for Brian. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to be like that when my man, man, Spence, has been so quiet. Like, we don't even know who you're going to fight, bro. <laughs> like, you know, we sit up here having these arguments and stuff that as fans, and we starting to have, like, it's like getting bitter, you know what I'm saying? And, and friendships are getting 
kind of torn apart over this conversation between you and Bud. I just want to know what do you what's your thoughts, man? Do you think that my man Matt Earl needs to do more like keeping people in the loop in terms of what his plans are at this particular point? I might have a short memory, but I feel like he this is what he does, you know, like he like we probably heard more from him last time around because it was Crawford. When I say last time around, I mean between like, I don't know, August and October. But he he lets I, I think we he lets PBC do what they do. You know what I mean? Like that's why that's why he hired him. You know what I mean? So I think he's he's probably still training. You know what I mean? And the the fight will probably get announced. But I think he just, you know, I think it's just a matter of time. And until then, like, what is there to say? And he's not like a big talker outside of that. Like he just he a family man. He be on the farm. He be vibing. You know, so on and so forth. So I think he just doing that and training until the until like the people who he hired to do that job does that job. Um. Yeah. Chicken Talk, real quick. Chicken Talk said he got an Espinosa interview coming up as soon as they announced these uh, the next round of fights. Um, and he did say earlier he interviewed Tank, Espinosa, uh, Wilder, Fulton, a bunch of them. Um, that's that's what's up. Uh, we we got to get you in the pod one day. I'm going to get at you after this. Uh, he's He also said Spence fighting Thurman late May. Uh, he can't get confirmation it's at 154. It might be at 147. Um, but I think I think it's going to happen. I think he just – Spence is just not a big talker generally. Yeah, uh, that part, you know, I can understand that, you know, because, you know, typically when it comes to when his fight gets closer, he, he's more, he, you know, he's more heard from. But he has we've seen him, you know what I mean? But I know that the time that we saw him was more so for Frank Martin. So you can't really, you know, get at him about some of the comments or lack of comments that he was making. But he did talk enough you know what i mean and it's not just him it's it's also derrick james and those guys i respect them because they they seem to be above the fray so you got the other side who's making these claims and you know saying that they were doing bad business and all that type of stuff so they had to go elsewhere and they never really bark back at them you know what i mean but i just figure you know he the truth you know what i'm saying so we want to hear the truth like what, what really happened you know what i'm saying how do you really feel when this, if this guy is lying, like, like you know, because what happens is, and here's the deal. Like, hopefully, you know, Chicken Talk is saying that. I hope Spence clears things up. You know what I mean? Because this whole situation is holding boxing back. Because you got those younger guys. If they would have had their fight December, January, February, whenever it was supposed to happen, then you can go ahead and open up the division for those young guys and you're not see sometimes when you do certain things and when you don't do certain things you got to think about the ramifications of your actions i know a lot of it wasn't his fault but that needs to be clarified because you have so many different groups of people who are going to point the finger at you and, and 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 put you in that situation as if it's equal amounts of blame to go around and if it's not then that needs to be clarified that they need to know if you're going to move up, like, is, is that the direction that you're going to go? Is you going to stick around for this dude? Because what's going to happen is that Bud Crawford, him being on the other side, it's like 
people are going to start thinking, see, Bud is already working on his next fight. Spence hasn't even said anything about what it is he's going to do. We just left it out there for people to speculate. People are arguing about why is he fighting Thurman at 154? We don't even know if the fight is at 154. We don't know if it's at 147. We don't know what's going to happen. You know what I'm saying? But things are just keep lingering and on and on. Like I said, you got the young guys who are being stagnated. You hear Boots and them talking like, well, I'm just trying to position myself because they were supposed to be able to start fighting for them vacant belts. If he, if they had their clash, Spence won, then they can. that's how they were. The, the promotional companies was trying to play it. But since they didn't do it, now they still stuck in this rock and a hard place. It's just people need to know because I'm hearing like Boots' father talk. They don't know what's going on. You know what I mean? And I think that that's, that would be in the best interest for them. Now, I know that that's, that's like fighters that you, they may not even look at it like that. I think that you should, though, because we're in a, in, in a very pivotal point, you know, in the world's weight division. We're like at that climax period where this, these fights are supposed to be made. And if you're going to keep those belts, you don't want to be Keith Thurman. You know what I'm saying? And, and doing the same thing where you holding the belts hostage. If you're going to fight Keith Thurman at 154, to me, that's that's being key, rather Keith Thurmanish, where you are not fighting somebody in that weight class where if you lose, then that's the next person who has the belts. But you sitting up there, you keep the belts, and then like they you're gonna hold it hostage for another. Then you might end up having a Keith Thurman fight again, and so on and so forth. So I just I don't like it. But the main reason why I don't like the lack of information that's being disseminated from his side is because you just give energy to the other side to keep you know, making it seem like you're equally responsible because you're not saying anything. So people assuming that don't really can't see through the BS that Bud Crawford really has a claim. Okay, man, he what, what was he supposed to do? Yeah, you can fight David Avenesia Spence over there. They, you know, uh, messing up, you know, as far as the promotion is concerned. Now he's injured. So I got to go ahead and make me another fight against me, another C-plus level fighter. I got to feed my family and blah, 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 so on and so forth. So you can kind of like murky things up. And I just, I don't like that. That's still my guy. And maybe once it's just a frustrating thing because I see the nonsense that Bud is on. And I just want my man truth to be the truth. And when um, Crawford is saying certain things that he's saying, just go ahead and poke holes in the stuff that he's saying. Like, no, nah, that's not true. X, Y, and Z is what happened. You don't have to do it all the time, but just do it enough where we can clearly see who's at fault, who's not at fault. And then also let us know what it is that you're going to do. So those other guys, they can know what it is that they need to do moving forward in the welterweight division isn't just held hostage, you know. But that's all I got, man. I just I, I felt a little bit, you know, a certain way about that because, you know, I've been defending my guy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, last thing I'm going to say is this. Um, on, on my end, I'm not necessarily mad at him. For one reason, Crawford not the type of dude you want to keep going back and forth with. Because Crawford just – he one of them dudes, man, and he just even if he lost the argument or whatever, or he proved it wrong, like he just gonna keep coming back with something. And then it's like, bro, I got a family to feed, I got like all these other things to do. Um, Chicken Talk said, uh, Virgil ain't waiting on Bud Spence. He's moving on to put himself in a position to be next on the list if he beats Danny Onis. I also said these sectional organizations don't want to don't want Spencer Bud to give up these belts because they bring in so much money, and Virgil and Boots not making the money yet. So the last thing I'll say is I do agree they're holding the belts hostage. I do think, though, that 2024 is going to be the year for the young guys because whatever whatever happens is going to shake out in the fall of 2023. Like, either they're going to fight or they're not going to fight. 
And if they even if they fight, if they fight at 154, they both probably gonna vacate and then stay at 154 anyway. Um, unless they get some kind of you know special exemption. And so I think if uh boots for the IBF, he keep he keep that mandatory. Virgil, if he beats Danny Onis, he's gonna be the WBA mandatory, and then we're gonna have the same situation that we could see at 168, where all the belts are free and a mandatory fight for the belts. We're getting them a little bit at, at 140 now when uh you know when Taylor got stripped through those three belts. And Progate was able to step up. And then, you know, these other guys, we got another championship fight uh, later this month for, for another one of them belts. So I think it's going to shake itself out. It, it, it might not look the way we want it to look, but it's going to shake itself out. It's going to have to. Yeah. It's, just, it's just, you know, striking when the iron's hot. You know what I mean? Like, you had everybody talking about it. And I, I said this in another, uh, another time I went live. I think that was with Ty, right? And here's the issue is that you, you lose the momentum, you know, for the fight. Now they can possibly have, this is not Mayweather and Pacquiao. And the reason why it's not Mayweather and Pacquiao, it's not like both guys are still fighting elite level opposition in the interim. It's like, okay, we can't resolve the situation, but I'm going to go over here and I'm going to fight Sugar Shane Mosley. I'm going to go over here. I'm going to fight um, Canelo. I'm going to go over here. I'm going to fight, you know, Antonio Margarito, you know what I'm saying? They're not doing that. You know, you got the David Avenesians and, and possibly um, Rochas and then Spence is being so inactive, you know what I mean? And then we don't know what he's going to do. If he do that 154, that's really going to like for a lot of people, because they think that that's Keith Thurman isn't Keith Thurman anymore. And then it's like, you fight that 154, that don't have the same luster as you fight him especially if he was coming in with a lot of momentum. You know what I'm saying? Like, Keith Thurman was looking like he was looking before. Then it's like, okay, cool. That's a good fight. Who cares? Like, that might even be a better fight. But he's not looking like that. He's looking very vulnerable. He's looking like, you know, he on his last legs. You know what I'm saying? That one, he one body shot away from, you know, calling it a day. So that's the thing that it's a little bit different. And I don't like that either, Daddy. I don't like, like, nowadays, they done ran with that stuff way too much. And I'm like, let me go. They ran with that shit way too much that we going to go ahead and uh, like let it marinate. Man, if you don't go up out of here with that let it marinate type stuff, like maybe one or two fights. But when the iron's hot, man, you need to go ahead and get it popping. Gotcha. Yes, Chicken Talk said the best. He said time reveals all. The whole truth going to come out soon. That's, that's where I'm at with it. I feel you. I feel you, Chicken Talk. Yeah, like Daddy said, man, we got to get you on, man. You going to get that sure. info from him? Yeah, for sure. I'm gonna reach out to you. I, I think I follow you on. If I don't follow you on Twitter already, I'm gonna follow you when we get off. Okay, okay. All right, let's go ahead. Now it's counterpart. You know, my main man Bud. You know, like you said, he ain't want to go back and forth with because he's on the Twitter. You know, going at it with the fans and stuff like that. And he tell him, he said, "Damn man, I've been on the pound for pound list so long. Mayweather was still fighting Pacquiao. You know, what do you think about that tweet? You know what I mean? Does he have? Um, is 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 that? You know, legitimate. I'm gonna keep stance. I'm gonna keep this short because I already see Bud for who he is. You know what I mean? Because uh, shortly after that, he also tweeted, "I love my haters so much. Sometimes I just get on here to see what y'all have to say now because I'd be bored." And so between that and between him saying two years ago or so that he don't need the Spence fight, even though everybody wanted him to say like his actions have shown that, and so. When you, if you look at this whole thing from his perspective, you know, he he would say, I tried to get the fight. I told him we got these two hedge fund guys. We get 25 mil up front. So he thinks 
he don't need so when you look at it from his eyes like everything he says makes sense he he's like he's a fighter and he's a self-proclaimed businessman and he's a troll that's that's what he is so when i see stuff like that it ain't for me it's, it's for the it's for the people that is for the haters that he said he got yeah i just you know with bud he one of them type of dudes that you know he don't mind he don't mind that like i i can sense that that that's one thing he he's that stubborn that okay i'm gonna do this like this and even if it, it piss everybody off you know what i'm saying i'm gonna do it and then I'm going to go ahead and wave my finger at you like, now what? You know what I'm saying? And then I'm going to do it again if you don't like it. You know, he's one of those type of dudes. But this comment that he made right here, what does that even mean? You know what I'm saying? Because you got a lot of people that they put on the pound for pound list. But, you know, it's a lot that, that's involved in that. It's not just who the best fighters are because you got a lot of biased things that happen. You were with top rank. You know what I'm saying? ESPN was heavily involved in that. So ESPN, they kind of favored their fighters. I never, ever thought that Terrence Bud Crawford was not a pound for pound talent type guy. Never thought that. I was just always like, when is he going to fight somebody? And initially, it was just the fact that I'm thinking that it made sense why he wasn't. Okay, he's over there with top rank. This, you know, that that side of the street, blah blah blah, so on and so forth. But then he he started re-signing with them. Then he started um, having the issues where he, you think about back, like okay, he wasn't able to make the Pacquiao fight. When you look more into it, it wasn't necessarily Pacquiao who left those negotiations. It was more so something that he didn't like. And then you start thinking about his reluctance on fighting. Um, Porter, which he ended up fighting him. He became his mandatory and so on and so forth. And then once, you know, he left top rank and then they were in negotiations, it was like, you know, he's explaining why he's going to go with um, prime, uh, black prime, whatever. It just to me didn't make sense when you at that particular point to fight somebody who you saying that you can beat. And if you think that you can beat them, you can truly be the face of boxing. You can truly be the man. You can truly do something that nobody has ever done. I don't think in man boxing, that'd be a two-time pound-for-pound guy. And you don't do that. But you still um, claiming that, okay, I've been on the pound-for-pound list this long. You kind of watering down the fact that you've been on that list. So now when we start thinking back, we like, dang, like you haven't, you've been on there and we question why you've been on there that long as far as your resume, not your talent. And so it just becomes more and more of a question. But I don't think this doesn't look good for him, you know, when he's trying to defend himself. What other guys have to defend themselves on Twitter as far as their accomplishments and what they've done? Why would you have to defend yourself if you that elite, if you that dude? Like, I don't see anybody else having to do this. Yeah. And the only reason he's doing is because he's ducking that man known as the truth. Yeah. You got anything else, man? Anything else you want to say about this? I don't. Uh, I'm going to read Chicken Talk comments in a second. And... um I actually got a roll soon, but uh, so he, okay. He said, but now you're gonna get these done real quick. All right. All right. He said Bud is never fighting Spence. He's too jealous and petty. He won't fight him because he would not give Spence the opportunity for undisputed. He holds that over Spence's head. He holds his undisputed over Spence's head. Real and talk. Then he's, and then he said, uh, "Remember when they said Thurman asked for ten million? He Chicken Talk said he interviewed Bo Mac and asked what their counter offer was. He said nothing. They didn't want their fight either." And he said, imagine PBC saying Crawford wanted too much money and moved on without a counteroffer. Mm-hmm. Chicken talk. We're going to have to get him on ASAP Rocket. You know what I'm saying? Not even ASAP Ferg. 
let's go ahead and get off into these last few topics, though, Danny. I think the second to last one is my man, Mikael Brook. Like I said, he in love with the Coco. You know what I'm saying? He getting his OT Genesis on. You see him over there in the corner. And then he get up doing that that six punch combo. Like, look, I'm tell you what though, like that combo that looked good, man. I, I would favor yeah. him over Bud now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but now, nah, um, yeah, guys, over the over this uh, any sanity seeks help. You got any thoughts on that? Just want to talk. Uh, yeah, real quick hitter. I, I I'm gonna say, you know, I don't when he when he's issued his apology. I didn't think he owed us an apology. Like he's a retired boxer, he can do what he want. Like obviously, it's not good, but you know, like to it's not good optics, but. You know, he said that he struggles with mental health and he's struggling with retirement, you know, which is something I can't relate. I, I can't relate to the mental health. I can't relate to the retirement, especially as a fighter, you know. But I think the only person that owes somebody an apology is whoever recorded that. Because, like, why would you record that and, and put that on the Internet? That's supposed to be your man. Like, you in there in a private, you know, setting and you doing it. That's like, that's not, you're not solid for that. Yeah, it's it's either it's, it's the one of two things. Either they're hating on him or they, they he's that bad off that they like man you, I, I need to go ahead and make this public because he's not listening you know what i'm saying if they're looking at it from that lens and i can understand it i just take the man for his word if he's out there trying to seek help out you know for an addiction that he has and you know more power to him I, i'm not going you yeah, know sure. knock the man when he's down yeah all right this is this is the last the second to the last one danny what, what you think about my man man connor being right here wbc at it again they said that they return him to the WBC rankings after having a favorable ruling in his investigation. I don't know if I got the last one to me. I ain't going to lie. But uh, so with, with this, right, like the thing with this is that the WBC, if I recall correctly, they took him off the rankings as a result of the British Boxing Board of Control, you know, in their investigation. And mm -hmm. so they're, they're currently doing in the, the British Boxing Board of Control is doing another investigation on Ben. And so, um, you know, like, it's going to look good to the fans that the WBC is putting him back in the rankings. But, you know, it's not clearing what originally messed him up, which was, you know, the, the findings, the, the drug tests, so on and so forth. And so me personally just haven't followed the situation until the British Board of, of, of Control says, okay, he, he's clear. The WBC don't mean hold on, we talk about we talk about the same WBC that's trying to block better be Evan Bivol too, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm done. <laughs> they do what they want to do. You know what I'm saying? Like it's right. certain, and, and it's not just them. It's like certain fights they'll still try to let happen when somebody tests positive. It's like they do what they want. They should have a strict set of rules that they follow, and then whatever's in that rule book, that's what they should follow. Just seem like they pick and choose for whoever it is that they want to allow to fight or move on. And then some guys, they may punish a little bit harsher and things of that nature. But it's just more so to me, somebody puts some money in their pocket and they like, oh, okay, yeah, we're going to put him back in the rankings. That's the, that's what it looked like to me. Yeah. But now I know you got to go ahead and get up out of here, but I just want to say this, man, you got the, the fight card this weekend. I don't know if my boy Ty's still up in the um, chat, but me and Ty, we probably going to go. I know he's going to go ahead and go live and I might jump in there for, with my boy Ty. But this weekend, Taylor and Baumgartner, you got any final thoughts on that fight card, who you got, and then are you looking forward to it? Uh, real quick, uh, Chicka Talk said WBC always let PED users get away with it with Valdez, Povetkin, Yildrum, Canelo, and Neri. Like they fake care about PBC just like they fake care about that whole better beef thing. You know what I mean? And he said it also shows how toothless Veda is. 
also true. Uh, Vada, rather. Uh, but in terms of the fights, I think, you know, I think Baumgartner, I think she's going to become undisputed. Um, listening to her, you know, build up in the week, like I think that she has the right mindset coming into it. You know, she she hasn't lost the hunger, most importantly. And I think McCallit, she's just going to be like she she gave Persona a fight, but I think that Baumgartner is going to be too much for her. She's going to be too sharp. She could be too much. And I think Serrano just going to overwhelm uh, Cruz Hernandez. Um, and she's going to become undisputed as well. And and I think that's going to set up. It might set up, you know, that uh, Baumgartner uh, may a rematch and then that uh, Serrano Taylor rematch. So we'll mm-hmm. see. Well, I'm going to give my bias a pick for this one. You know what I mean? Normally I try to be as unbiased as possible. In the undercard with Alicia Baumgartner, you said it's McCallick. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go with Baumgartner. I just think she's a little bit more sexier, so she's definitely gonna get the victory on my scorecards. And then the same goes for uh, Katie Taylor. I just think she's a beautiful lady. Uh, shout out to both of those combatants. Um, but I just had to give my un- my bias uh, pick for that fight card right there. Now we're gonna close things out, Danny. Man, I certainly appreciate you. you know, like I said, I like to do these seven topics you know the most important topics of the week hopefully some people that we have in the chat shout out to the chat i know chicken talk was in there i know uh, my man man ty was in the in the um shout out chris section chris g was in there so i want to say much love was anybody else in there danny uh those are the ones that love comments but respect to y'all man much respect to you also chicken talk again salute to you he was our latest sub on our channel and do us a favor man you know what i mean hit that like button hit the subscribe button Anything you got on the way out, Danny? No, sir. Appreciate y'all tuning in. Yes, sir. And we're going to rock out on uh, next Tuesday. You can catch our podcast on all streaming platforms. That's Last Ones at the Bar. Danny's going to be out this week, but it's going to be me and Vail. We're going to go ahead and Jada Kiss and Styles P. It go back to back. And uh, But we're going to miss our brother uh, this week. I'll, I'll be there. I just said I was going to be out because y'all going to talk about Esau Cruz. But I'm, I'm, I'm going to be in the building. Are you gonna be in the building? Okay, yeah. so I was fake out. You know, oh, okay. yeah, I'm in there. Yeah, he's a he's a uh, Esau Cruz hater. You understand what I'm saying? Esau Cruz, my guy. But that's a whole nother question. We'll talk about that next time. Appreciate you, Danny. We out. Peace. Peace.